You're listening to the Comic Crusaders Podcast. I am your host, Al Mega, CEO of Comic Crusaders and Undercover Capes. In this show, I'm sitting down with creators from all walks of life to talk about inspiration, process, the lessons they've learned, and a whole lot more. What up, me gente? It's your host, Al Megacy of Comic Crusaders on the Cover Case. Welcome to a brand new Comic Crusaders podcast. And today, yes, we're talking indie, indie comics with an amazing independent creator, but he's so much more than that. Homie here is a very happily married husband that is a dad to seven kids. Yes, seven kids, right? How does he get time to create comics, right? I mean, he's a prolific athlete, all right? He's the creator of the Watch Guard universe, all right? He's created, you know, uh, role-playing gaming supplements and whatnot based on those characters. And he's done awesome works with the Zion Studios, a brand, a nice project right now that I think everybody's going to love, Spider Squirrel. Yeah, let's learn all about this scintillating new character. Introducing the one and only Charlie McAlvey. Hey! Yay! Hey! <laughs> What's up, man? What's up, man? No, no hey, worries, hey. bro. You're a boss here, bro. Seven kids doing comics. You're an athlete. I mean, what, 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 what's up, bro? How, how, how are you know. able to maintain this energy? You just, you're just going to have ADD and then somehow like laser focus it for one minute at a time on 15 different things would be fine. That's what ADD is, right? And that's how it works, <laughs> I think. I think. Okay. So no, you're a methodical know. clock. You're just gonna go boom, boom, boom. All right, got it, got it, got it. Well, thanks for hanging out today, brother, and talking the greatness of this comic book you're doing over here, Spider Scroll. I mean, the art is fire. Can't wait to people get their hands on it. But I want to learn origins first, you know. So you know, you do this through Zion Studios, and that's something you, you know. Again, I'm, we're gonna run the origins. But about you, where are you from originally? I'm from Norfolk, Virginia. Uh, I grew up. You, grew up. You you lived there all your life. No, I was. Well, so I lived in Norfolk for, uh, I guess, about uh, until I was about twelve years old. But uh, I also lived in Jersey. I lived in Alabama. I lived in uh, Michigan. I lived in uh, Dallas for a little bit, or well, Grapevine, uh, Texas for a little bit. I lived all over the place. But, uh, oh, wow. but Norfolk's what I call home. I was born in Norfolk, and I lived there most of my life. Uh, eventually, I got. I ran away. Uh, I was in trouble. I was a mess, man. Uh, <laughs> I got kicked out of my house. I had to go live with my dad. Uh, my parents were divorced, so uh, yeah. I hated that. So that was kind of like a, a thing I hated as a teenager or upcoming teenager. I was like, it was punishment. So so I stayed in Virginia Beach. That's ultimately where I met my wife and uh, graduated from high school, met my wife, and uh, and we had our first kid. So. Excellent. So, uh, yeah, the first the first is seven, huh? Kiddo. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you stay busy, man. All right, so so does my wife, right? So let yeah, absolutely. A shout out to the missus there, Wepa. Now, the the uh, the pop culture bug, the fandom bug. When did that all start? You know, biting you, if you will. What was your your first you know dive into that? You know, the first comic book I can remember buying or owning uh, and reading and flipping through was um, it was actually it was a DC Comics present. Superman versus He-Man in the Masters universe. That was your and, first? Uh, oh, that's a nice pickup, kiddo. Dude, right? And so uh, my grandma picked it up for me at a 7-Eleven. I was living with her at the time, uh, my mom's mom. And uh, she picked it up for me, and I just kind of I, I read it. And then I went to 7-Eleven, like, every day, like, like religiously. So I'd walk, like, two miles. I, I was, man, I couldn't have been more than, like, 10. Uh, I might have been younger than that, actually, now that I think about it. But um, anyway, I bought Who's Who's. I bought... Um, Man, there was just so much goodness. I can't remember all the books I bought back then, but uh, it was just something that bit me quick. And it, it was really that 
you know, as a kid, Superman, like Christopher Reeve was like God, right? I mean, it was like to every kid who grew That's up in the That's our 80s, Superman, bro. That's our That's Superman. Exactly, <laughs> right? And, and he's still the Superman, but uh, not that I don't like Henry Cavill, but uh, but no. Um, so you had Superman, and then I grew up in the He-Man era like you, right? And so I had all the toys. I watched the cartoon. So to see two of these like pop culture icons, as, as we call them today, but these two heroes of mine come together, converge, um in a, in a story was like you know it was like holy you know it was eye popping riveting I, I read it cover to cover i was sketching over it i was tracing it i was doing everything with it man i, I wore that book out um so that was that was the big that was the ding that was the seed okay. right so what was it what was your favorite character in he-man <laughs> well obviously i think he-man is the obvious one and it's too easy to answer that i actually always loved men-at-arms um just because, like, I don't know. I mean, I didn't realize it. I realize it now, but I think, like, there's a little bit to that being a dad of a, of a tough, you know, uh, kind of independent young woman um, who can also kick ass. Uh, he can kick some ass. He can build pretty much anything. Uh, it's just that whole everything. I mean, it was just it was a vibe about him. I just liked him. I liked the figure, too. That was one of my favorite yes. figures. He had that cool, like, yellowish gold plastic, like, strap on. Um, yes. That was good. It's good stuff, man. I always that was that. a great figure. What did you think of the, the uh, Kevin Smith, you know, uh, redo of it, if you will? Have you have you, you had know, the opportunity to watch it? Yeah, I watched one episode. I liked it. Uh, I, mean, I like the start. I mean, that's all I've seen. That was the first episode, and I see there's no ones out now with all these new designs. It looks really cool too. So I just need I need to I need to finish the Kevin Smith one, and then go watch the new one. Yeah, man, definitely check check them out. I, I don't. I don't understand the hate. I enjoyed it for what it was. It was a great job, and that the, the intro was so nostalgic <laughs> that I enjoyed. <laughs> I want to see this new one, which is you know, more aimed at kids, though, than than us, as opposed to what, what Kevin. There was more aimed at us than kids, um, but it's all right. Now, when did you start getting that? Now the creative bug. So here you are. You're a kid. You're buying comics. You're walking miles at, for the Seven Eleven. You know, picking up your favorite <laughs> books. But then when did the creative bug hit? Man, that's uh, that's really hard to pin down. I think um, I remember something very distinctly. Um, and I don't know how it came to me. I must have seen it somewhere. But uh, I had a toy. It was a, it was a Transformer uh, figure. You know, they had the cellophane plastic on the cover. Mm-hmm. I, and I took the cellophane. This is just a memory. I don't know why, but it, it, answering your question. I took the cellophane and I peeled it out. It was glued into the cardboard. Right? I peeled it out of the cardboard. And then I slapped it down over an Eastman and Laird Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles book. And I, and I traced um, uh, Leonardo. I traced Leonardo, but without his swords. Uh, it was just a cool pose. And then I turned it into a girl, and I made her Mona. So, like, I was going to do all these, like, turtle girlfriends, you know? And that was basically <laughs> a, like a piece of art done by the artist named that the turtles named after. So, anyway... Uh, yeah. I, I had visions, and uh, <laughs> so I did that. But here's what was cool. Um, I don't know how I figured this out. I can't tell you, but I, I after I drew it and ballpoint pen, uh, do they even make those anymore? And uh, <laughs> I, I flipped it over, and I took some uh, post paint and I painted it on the backside so that it didn't cover the the lines, and so it looked like cell animation. So that was like the first piece of art I ever did. Um, and then I, you know, like friends in high school or in middle school and elementary school, we come up with stupid ideas. Hey, what if Optimus Prime, you know, uh, transformed into uh, an oil tanker instead of a Mack truck with a trailer, and you know, and he's got bombs and he can blow his. You just come up with all kinds of stupid stuff. So, so I think were you lucky enough? 
I gotta ask that. Like, were you lucky enough to roll with a group of kids that were like minded in in your time? Uh, not always. So, like, where I grew up was a tough neighborhood. So, not everybody had everything. So, I mean, I had a lot of toys and stuff because I loved my grandparents uh, most of the time. But, uh, but we were all pretty poor. So, I mean, you just did what you did, right? You, you played whatever. So, I got into. We played a lot of street ball, uh, stick ball. Um, you know, I just ran around the neighborhood play in GI Joe because we didn't have all the figures, you know, that kind of thing. So stick guns and, you know, if you got lucky, you had a squirt gun or something. Um, but it wasn't always like, you know, that kind of thing. It wasn't until about middle school where I really started finding more of a, more of a click that, uh, that fit with the, again, what we call pop culture at the time. Uh, I didn't get into the D&D crowd, although I did kind of like, I was interested, but they were too nerdy, you know, and I didn't want to be that guy. <laughs> I don't want to be that guy. And so here like, I'm a nerd, me. but that's beyond nerdism, right? Okay. But I was totally covered my nerdism. I was like, no, I'm not. I'm, I re- I'm, I'm a nerd, but not that type of nerd. I'm okay. not that bad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so bad now because if you, I mean, as you mentioned in the opening, you know, I created a gaming supplement. Yeah. And it was really my way of saying, that's something I always wanted to do, but I just never did it for fear of, you know, the, the bullying and stuff like that. Um, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't my crowd and I hate, I hate saying that. Um, but this, this is how I, how I started looking back, you know, I got regrets over something like that, but not, not too much. I, mean, we've I, think all gone probably, through that. I think we've all yeah. gone through that. There's always these, you know, groups that you kind of just stayed away from just again, I don't know. Street smarts mm-hmm. is it? Maybe not. We don't know. I just want to avoid stuff again. Don't want to be labeled the pressures of school, huh? <laughs> oh, that's it, man. <laughs> Goddamn school. That shit has not changed yet. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> it has not changed at all. No, it hasn't. My poor da- daughter, man. Thank God I wasn't a, a, a kid of her age over there. I would have probably beat up half the school. I would have been like you, a troublemaker in my youth. Yeah, trouble. Exactly. <laughs> so get, start getting into creation of the Zion. How, how, how did that all start coming about? When did you say, I want to take this entrepreneurial step and create something where it's going to be all mine, mine, mine? Like that we done. That's so funny. Um, Zion actually started, so uh, I actually got the name from, uh, I know it's biblical, but um, um, whether you're Jewish or Christian or whatever, but uh, um, I got the name from mostly from the Matrix. Uh, if, y'all, if you remember, Zion, right, was the yes. place. But, um, but I wanted something different. I didn't want it just to be Z, everybody, you know, whatever. I didn't want to write it too much, too, obviously. So we made it to X. And so a friend of mine, Jason, we were actually working at CompUSA. And um, before, when PDAs were so popular, for those of you who remember PDAs, <laughs> wow. that was before your iPhone. We actually, I still have all the designs. We actually dev- designed this uh, this handheld device that had a crystal clear screen. We, were, we were, had all these architectural specs. I had processor specs. I had a whole spang. We were actually engineering, um, or architecting, not really engineering, uh, a handheld device. And we called ourselves Zion. Uh, after, you know, because the, the, the idea of immersing yourself into something new, a new reality. So that's kind of why we played off the Matrix thing. However, Jason and I were both graphic design guys. We did, did a lot of graphic works for CompUSA over the years. Uh, back in, we started with Illustrator version 4. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> Don't worry. That's dating yourself without aging yourself, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, and so, uh, and so we, we did a lot of design work and we decided to branch out. We were doing, recreating all these logos for companies and stuff. And we said, why don't we actually do a design studio? And so we, we came up with Zion Studios. The logo actually Jason did, uh, that's, that's a throwback. That thing's 25 years old. Oh, wow. uh, 
Um, and I think it's still beautiful. So, um, so yeah. It ain't well. <laughs> it ain't oh. well. Like so, me. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man. But you're an athlete. I mean, when, when they say that you're, you're a prolific athlete, an avid and prolific, what are we talking about here? Uh, so for uh, how do I start? So I started doing uh, obstacle course races in 2013. That was right after I played about two seasons of competitive flag football, won a couple championships as a, as a center slash wide receiver. Um, Cause in flag football, of course, everybody's eligible. Um, so I snapped the ball and haul ass and catch the ball wherever it's at. I was, um, I, I was kind of the white Megatron. It, basically they said, if I get, <laughs> If I throw it within six feet of Charlie, he's going to catch it. So they just threw shit up all the time, and I'd try to catch it. So I did. Um, uh, fun, funny story. We actually had uh, we had a game. You're supposed to forfeit if you don't have a, a, at least a full seven on your team. So seven on seven. Uh, but we had a we had a division game, and we were like we had five. We had people just one guy was sick, one guy was hurt, one guy couldn't show up, one guy had a marriage to go to. We had so of the nine people, only five of us showed up, and the other team was like, oh, we're gonna you know we're gonna get a free win. And we said, well, we want to play anyway. Do you, do you want to play? And the ref said, well, you can't. You're supposed to forfeit. And we said, well, isn't it really up to the other team? And the other guys, they got a full nine. They were like, we'll play them. And we beat them 53 to six. Oh, so. snap. <laughs> nice. So there's, there it is. But, uh, but anyway, so that was the start of something. And then I got an obstacle quick racing. And then just a couple of years later, I ended up in menshealthmagazine.com uh, on an article about the kids. Um, I was a premier uh, premier protein. If you guys ever had that, uh, I was a sponsor athlete for them for two years. Uh, they paid me. They shipped me a whole bunch of product. They had me on videos. Actually, I'm on two commercials. If you go to YouTube and search my name and premier protein, you'll find uh, uh, you'll find two versions of the same commercial. Uh, they shot it actually at my house because uh, the guy said, uh, "You got seven kids? Oh, we're not flying you to LA. We're coming to you." Oh, it's uh, expensive. <laughs> that was pretty cool. Um, so I did that. And then, uh, there's the obstacle course racing world championships. I, I qualified every year to go to that. Um, I did not go the last couple of years cause it was in the UK my family and I do it as a vacation. Uh, but when it's in Canada or Vermont or wherever in the States, um, or North America, we'll go to it usually. So, so I do a lot of that. And I was on Ninja Warrior season 10. What? So, you did Ninja Warrior? How far you get? Uh, Holy shit. Yeah. I get to ask that all the time. So, um, I made a thousand qualifiers in Miami. I made it to the ring turner, which is the fourth of six obstacles. Um, and uh, I had plenty of gas in the tank. I was ready to go. But uh, as my family likes to remind me, so I'll say it for them, I should have used my legs. Uh, they, changed, <laughs> they changed the rules in the obstacle as they did the walkthroughs early on. And even though I knew the rules had changed, when you kind of get in the zone, you just start rolling. I, uh, I forgot. And so while I could have used my legs and saved myself, I didn't. I ended up ripping off the obstacle, whipping back, uh, a little backflip into the water and uh, splashed down. <laughs> I, still, I still made it 33, 33rd place out of, uh, uh, out of all the athletes, um, but uh, only top 30 advanced to the next night. So kind of sucked for me. I missed it out. But we had a great experience. The kids got to go backstage and meet ninjas, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Oh, that sounds awesome, brother. Wow. Folks, you see this? Creator, father, athlete on Ninja Warrior. This dude probably kicked our ass in no time. You better buy his book because let's start getting into that. (laughs) Let's start getting into it. So explain to the world who or what is Spider Squirrel. 
Yeah, Spider Squirrel is actually, um, in a lot of ways, and I know a lot of writers do this, a lot of creators do this, but he's really me. Um, I'm just not a real superhero. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I wish. Um, no, Spider Squirrel was born uh, while I was training for parkour and Ninja Warrior, and uh, a couple of kids were arguing over what kind of animal I looked like as I was bouncing around. I was actually filming for Ninja Warrior and uh, audition. And uh, one was like, hey, he looks like a spider. Look at him. He's got these long arms and he's all over. The- Look at him climb. And the other one was like, and they're both named Alex, the kid. And the other one was like, no, he looks like a squirrel. Look at him bouncing around. He's just not as annoying, which is debatable. <laughs> and, uh, and and so after hearing them argue for a little bit, I was like, guys, guys, I got it. I'll just be the spider squirrel. And, uh, and it was like, ding. And as it came out my mouth, it was burped in my head. Uh, I created a logo the next week. I threw it on my training pants and that was me for a little bit. And then it just continued to progress. And my love of comics folded into that. And uh, I made a superhero with the help of a couple of friends. Uh, Ray Anthony Height actually helped me design the character. Avita Lafonte helped me finish the, uh, yeah, I I designed the logo and the chest emblem, but it was Vito's genius. Um, Love you, Vito. He, at first, I had to ask if he took it and turned it 90 degrees. It was like a, it was like a, almost like a roller coaster, because it was. I, I meant to have it like a squirrel tail running, yeah. and he, he said turn it, and so I turned it, and I was like, oh my god, it's oh, still a squirrel geez. tail, and now it's a, now it's an S. I know. I was like, <laughs> ah. so, uh, so between my initial designs, uh, Ray's uh, brilliant work. Uh, oh, Ray's the man. Design. He I had beautiful. Ray on a couple of weeks ago, actually. We were hanging out here on Comic Crusaders Podcast. Studio He's Sky awesome. Tiger. Yeah, I love that guy. Uh, so, yeah, and then Vito, you know, the finishing touches of that logo and Spider Squirrel was born. So, uh, so that's so, where it came from. But that, you know. So, who is Spider Squirrel and, and who the hell is this crazy looking panda? So, it, uh, whoa, is he a panda? That's, <laughs> that's so, that's the that's debate. Um, he is uh because you can't see in this picture here, but he actually has a raccoon tail too. Oh, word? Trash, oh damn. That's trash panda. Trash um, panda. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love it. So in case you guys can't tell, this this book does not take itself too seriously. We have a great time. It's all about if you uh if you're fans of classic um uh Justice League International with uh Giffen and, and Bart Sears and those guys were the Boahaha days. Um, you know, Guy Gardner getting punched in the face. What's up, Marvin? Um, sorry. I guess. See, I squirrel. Uh, the, um, so, yeah, if you're a fan of that stuff, you're a fan of Blue Beetle and Booster Gold, just kind of playing off. This is, that's what those two are. They're really like my love letter to uh, classic, uh, fun, idiotic comics. Um, uh, fun adventure, fun story, uh, but really fun interaction between these two characters. So I think the best moments happen when they're on, on the page together. Um, and uh, the irony of that is, is this miniseries, the three issues, they only spend like the first 11 pages together. And then none of the rest of the 40 pages in the rest of the book <laughs> are they together. And then in the second issue, which uh, goes to Kickstarter next month, they don't even show up together in the, uh, until, man, like the last, I don't know, eight pages. Um, but they're together for, for part of the, most of the rest of the third issue. Um, and I won't yeah. say anything more about the third issue yet, but yeah, that's who oh, it is. Look at this. This is a very Isn't that gorgeous. Yeah. yeah fire. So Thank who are the you. people uh, here? All right. So the guy coming out of the car actually is trash panda untransformed. Um, so he's not in his wear panda coon format, uh, or form. <laughs> he, uh, he's, he's normal. That's, that's him, uh, which you see him in the very beginning of the book look just like that. 
the girl we haven't introduced yet, her name is Hourglass, um, and she will show up at the end of issue two briefly, and then we'll see her full on in issue three, and of course, Spider Squirrel. Um, this is the first of, of a trilogy of covers. We're gonna do, um, we actually already have this one, obviously, a throwback to Back to the Future. We're in the second issue, there's gonna be a throwback homage cover to uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. So uh, we're gonna have fun with that one. That's, uh, I got a little, a little snippet of that already. And then the third issue, I'll go ahead and just tell you guys here, um, the, the final uh, movie homage cover in the trilogy is going to be a Star Wars homage cover. So, oh, fire, so yeah, fire. same artist all the way through. And he's actually the interior artist as well, the guy who did that cover, DC Stoltner. I just love it, though. Dates of Future Past, getting her number was only the beginning. <laughs> I, like, I love it. Oh, so oh, that's that? the first page. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Look at this art, dude. And just the most, I love when they do this stuff like this, man. Just carry on that motion. It feels like those old school Dead Devil comics. That's, you know, you um, so it, that's, man. uh, I'm a huge fan of the old Chuck Dixon, um, uh, Scott McDaniel Nightwing series. So I oh, love yes, that series man. so much. And that was really, I know McDaniel did Daredevil before that, but um, I, I didn't read that. I read the, uh, the Nightwing series. I, so much. I love the shadows, the, the move, the show what was done. And uh, this page, actually, if I showed you the script, I, I didn't write all that. <laughs> like, I, no. I, just, I, I love collaborating with guys like DC. So D, I said, DC, I'd love to see him like bounce off rooftops and then coming right at you, basically. And I'd love to see some like old McDaniel style shadows of him moving. And then DC went nuts. So this is all his genius. Um, he understood what you meant. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, by the way, uh, the cover you showed with Trash Panda on it just a minute ago, that is Scott McDaniel. He actually does a cover for all three issues for me. Wonderful. Yeah, so one of my my heroes. This is one of my absolute favorite pages. It's a spread. Uh, this is another great one where I didn't have to give a lot of direction. I basically wrote, hey, two-page spread, Trash Panda versus Ultra Urbanite. That's pretty much all I wrote. Ultra Urbanite. Oh, I love it. <laughs> yes. So DC went nuts, and he wrote this. Um, I got plans for Ultra Urbanite. Vito and I actually have plans. Um, you'll see in the third issue. Um, but uh, this issue, he's a, he's a retro bad guy. So he, me, he looks like it. His name, you'll see uh, he plays a little Cypress Hill. Um, yeah, his powers are he could take sound and turn it into a, a, like a hulking mass. So that's why he wears the headphones and plays his music while he's fighting. Um, oh. But he's actually a, so he comes from the 90s. Uh, something happens and people start popping up from all over the places and times and stuff like that. He pops out of the 90s and into modern day Richmond, Virginia. And he's like, well, F it. Let's go rob a bank. And so he just oh. <laughs> so he yeah. does his thing. That's exactly what I said. A 90s era mentality now, oh God, you're asking for trouble. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, this is a fun fight scene. I had a blast with this one. When I saw this page, I was, I was blown away. Yeah, so. the colors and the motion. I love that. The, the blur lines, like the old school. Uh, great, great stuff, man. And who does Thanks. lettering? Great job on the lettering as well. HDE. So he's a HDE is a pro. Oh, word HDE. Ooh, yes, that's familiar. Great. Yeah. How'd you get all these people, bro? (laughs) Well, and the colorist. You mentioned the colors. This is John Rock. So John's uh, he's a DC and Marvel. He's done all kinds of stuff. He was doing Avengers for a little bit. He did a Batwoman. 
Um, he did some Batman books. He's done, uh, he did Invincible for a long run after uh, the original colorist left and before FCO came on for Invincible. Uh, John has a big run. Uh, just, it's just really meeting people uh, where they're at. Uh, it's all about, I don't know, it's, it's about networking, right? It's, um, and a lot of times you just show people stuff that you want to do and you go, hey, you want to be a part of it? And they say yes or no. And uh, sometimes it depends on who you are, um, but sometimes it depends on the project. And I think that's, uh, I, I'm just very fortunate. That's all I can say. I didn't do anything special. I just hired these guys and, and end up with a, an incredible group. Uh, and we're all friends. You know, we talk about stupid shit <laughs> offline all the time now. So it's good. So, and, oh, I love it. Look at this. Like, they, they already do these types of things now. They remind me of the old school back of the cards. You know, again, this yeah. shows your love for toys of the 80s. I see it just with it. It does. So this is a prototype card. This wasn't the final one. I actually took that um, that picture on the first page where he's coming at you. Uh, yeah. I thought it was a little bit more. Uh, so talking to Vito and a couple of friends, it, it, this was good. This is Andy Smith, and Andy and I have known each other for 20-plus years. But uh, Andy did turnarounds for Spider Squirrel and Trash Panda for me. So this was from the turnarounds. This is really from a character sheet. Uh, but, but you know, Vito, he reminded me, I probably need something a little bit more iconic. I mean, this is the first, you know, trade. I mean, sorry, uh, trading card uh, for him. And so I switched over and the actual final piece was that same, uh, that popping at you uh, image that you, we just looked at. So, but yeah, actually the, um, I don't know if I'm getting trouble for it. I don't care. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but the power levels and stuff, that's right off of the old uh, Marvel, um, that first series of Marvel cards ever. Yeah. So if you have, if you still have those cards, and I do, I have them sitting right over here on my shelf. Uh, those power levels match up 100% with what's on the, the Marvel cards. Oh, that's fire. I, I I love it. Would you ever do this as a card? So it is. Um, oh, yeah, you actually, have it. With the, oh, yeah. Nice. So with uh, the first issue, we released um, uh, seven cards. So they'll, we'll release seven more with the next issue and seven more with the third issue for a total of 21. Um, and then I may do a separate uh, offer where you could buy all of them together and we'll have some new cards to go with and make a full set. Um, and every one of the cards is available as a Chrome card too. So those are oh, dro- randomly, randomly dropped in one in five, just kind of throw them in. What there. a throwback. Uh, I, I used to have my hologram cards. I even have a couple <laughs> of those still. It yeah. Really- I got the whole full set. Yeah. See, I got my cable, even though it was drawn by Jim Lee, I got it autographed by Liefeld. And he goes, I didn't enjoy this. I said, but he's your character. He goes, you know what? Makes sense. And he signed it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So I have that signed card, right? Which is pretty cool. That was my that was my first big, like big Apple Comic Con. When it was during the image, you know, creation. When they just left and they were the rock stars, that's when I got to see them. It was pretty cool time. Yeah, and look at look at that. The the the, the whole setup here. I love it. The logo, the the the, the font. You've done a great job here. So let's talk about what platform. Uh, are you going to put this on, you know, crowdfunding? How do we get access to it? When is it going live? How can we get number one? Who's the black squirrel that I just read about on the power card? So many questions still. I know. I don't like answering all of them. Um, you got to tease you a little bit, you know? You got to be a little mystery, like uh, he's doing Wolverine before he, everybody knew who he was. Oh, yeah. After, yeah, listen, t- I don't know. Tell me if I'm wrong here. But once we got his whole name, his childhood and all, he just became less interesting in comics. Yeah, I think, me, I think that's a fair. I mean, I, I'm the same way. I, I think that's fair. I'm not, I won't take anything away from any creators who've written for him or wrote any of that stuff for Marvel. Obviously, they're doing something right. But 
Um, yeah, for me as a fan, I, I think when it, it wasn't even when he was oversaturated, it was when he got all this backstory and he, he stopped being a mystery and he yeah. started, and same with Cable. You mentioned yeah. Cable. I lost a lot of, you know, with the whole Afghani son thing and it, it didn't make it more interesting. It made it less interesting to me um, than, than just guessing uh, and making up own crap in my head. And maybe that's just, you know, how we are. Um, but still great characters. Uh, yeah, I, um, so Black Squirrel is Spider Squirrel's father. Uh, he, uh, I have a design for him. Uh, I haven't released it. Uh, he may show up somewhere along the way, but not in the first miniseries. And um, we got plans. So you would, you would ask, uh, what was the other thing you would ask? Um, you got, oh, how to get the book. So the book was on Kickstarter. Uh, we already, I've already delivered everything uh, on the backers. We delivered right away. The books were, were done and ready to go. So we've already delivered. And the second issue is coming to Kickstarter uh, October 18th. So you can actually hey. follow it now. I actually have a link on my, um, my Facebook page, uh, my personal page, and it should be on the Spider Squirrel page to the, um, the, to follow the second campaign. So when it launches, you get notified right out the gate. Uh, but I'll tell you here, it's October 18th at noon Eastern. We're going to launch uh, the second issue. You will be able to get a, uh, there is a physical catch up um, where you can get the first issue and the second issue. Uh, but you can also buy the first issue. I still have quantities available on hand. Now you can buy the first issue at my website. Um, so, which also should be a link um, either at Spider Squirrel's uh, Facebook page or on my personal one, or I could drop it in the chat or something. But uh, um, definitely, you could throw it throw it in the private chat. If there's anything you need me to send, let me send it there. Hello, you see, and I'll go ahead and add oh, yeah. it onto the screen because I, people need to support it. This is indie. This is indie at its core too, because you're bringing back the fun in comics. <laughs> you know, trying to, yeah. You know, I, I look. I don't want this book to be too heady. I want it to be engaging. I want it to be. I don't want to be bogged down with um, too much. I, I just, I want to have fun. Um, now I'll have some stuff, some books I'm sure I'll do that have more social commentary than the spider squirrel, but don't expect social commentary. If you're coming for, for politics of any sort, it's the wrong book for you. If you, want to have a good ass, if you want to have a good ass time and just laugh and enjoy a book and just relax and, and just be entertained for 15 to 20 minutes or however long it takes you to read it, then, then this is the right book for you. Check it out. And, Maybe my not, my humor isn't for everybody, um, but uh, but most people seem to like it so far. So we're having a blast. Um, See, that, that's that's what I want to I want to ask you then. You know, again, I don't want to take too much more of your time, but do want to know uh, that first Kickstarter for Spider Squirrel was that your first experience in the crowdfunding space? No, actually, I had WatchGuard was um, the WatchGuard comic books. The WatchGuard source book I completely funded myself, and then I um, sold it on Amazon. It won awards and got nominated for awards. Jamie, um, yep, exactly. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but but then I introduced the comic book. Um, I actually used the source book, the gaming supplement, as an, as a way to build a market before I had a market because back then I didn't know anything about how, how do I get people to like even care about my comic book, but they don't know who these characters are. So I built the audience first by the gaming stuff and then introduced the WatchGuard book. So the WatchGuard, uh, it failed the first time, and then I learned my lessons and went back, and it succeeded the second time. And then now with Spider-Squirrel introducing that one, uh, that one overfunded almost 200%, which is Ooh, outstanding. Great. So, uh, yeah, really wildly successful. Very proud of that. I uh, had a great team helping me out. Uh, I'm promoting it. And um, what I did with the overfunding, just so your audience knows, is like Spider Squirrel is not the end. 
so there's three issues. All three issues are done, although we're adding six six new bonus pages to issue three um, and an extra cover. But um, but once Spider Squirrel's over, I have Milestone is going to launch right out of that. That's my cosmic hero. He's a he's a black hero that is introduced in the Spider Squirrel book. He actually cameos in uh, uh, issue two at the end of oh. issue two. So first if you want to cameo, first appearance. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no spoilers, but yes, he will show up briefly in the shadows. Uh, and then he'll fully appear in issue three, uh, as well a couple other characters, a Latino character, um, and Hourglass I already mentioned, they're both going to show up. Uh, Milestones will launch out into his own book written by Vito, um, with art by Ariel Medell, and uh, and Ross, uh, I'm sorry, Omi Remolante is going to do colors. HD, I'm sorry, Vito will probably do uh, letters through Full Court Press, and, uh, and we'll go from there. So that's another series. I have a one-shot, uh, kind of a social media hero. He's a major jackass. He's a He's a little like me, uh, just, you know, no, he's, he's more of a jerk than I am. But uh, he uh, he's a social media hero. Daniel Calvin's writing that one. Uh, that's a one shot. And then I'm going to have several Spider-Squirrel one shots. going to do an annual. going to do a Trash Panda solo because everybody loves Trash Panda. So I have to write a solo Love the for name, him. just Trash Panda. Like, yo, <laughs> that sounds so yeah, him, and, him and Tailgater. Uh, Tailgater was a villain that I created 10 years ago. And, uh, man, everybody wants to, they want to write Tailgater. Uh, just because they love the name and the look of the characters. He's, oh, yeah. He actually shows up in Alpha Elite number one. Um, and Trash Panda's getting a plushie. So we oh, are. What? Oh, look at it. Look, Zion is like blowing up, man. We got comics, <laughs> we got, you know, got plushies. Are we going to have some cosplay too and some animation? Hey, What's going on? I'll be all, hey, if you anybody wants to cosplay, by all means, I'll be happy. I'll be at Baltimore this year. Come, come to my table. We'll be there. So perfect. That was, that, that, that was the perfect segment. That's exactly what I wanted to ask if you were going to do any Comic-Con appearances for the rest of this year. So it's Baltimore. Yeah. Is that the only one? It is. It's the only one. So that'll be kind of a dry run. I haven't done a, I haven't done Baltimore since, Jesus. Um, oh, excuse me. Uh, I don't know. It's been a while. Even as a fan, I haven't been to Baltimore in three, three to five years. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's my, I call it my home uh, con. So I have to do Baltimore. I'm looking forward to it. I'll be there with uh, Catherine uh, Calamia, uh, Daniel Calvin, Michael Watson, um, Marvin should be there as well. Uh, I'm trying to remember who else is coming. But uh, Do you know your booth number? Uh, yeah. Oh, shoot. You would ask that. Of course, I'm going to ask that. I ask the tough <laughs> questions here, communists. <laughs> I, I, uh, I got to, I got to, hold on one second. I will tell you. Let me go to my private chat. And, uh, yeah, no worries. You know, I just want people to know when they go visit, you know, Baltimore Comic Con, where you need to go yeah. beeline and, and pick up, you know, these first prints of Spider Squirrel and more. You know, find so out where you, I could be in a couple different places. So, um, uh, Vito Del Fonte is going to be there and he's my bro. So he's got a, a booth that they're giving to him. So I'll be with Vito for some of it. Um, and then we are going to be at, uh, F8. That's Fox 8 and Fox 9 or Fast 9. Uh, so, uh, yeah, if you, uh, those two tables are going to be myself and the folks I just mentioned. So, uh, we'll be there. Come see Spider Squirrel, grab a copy, talk to me. If you already have a copy, talk to me. and Get an autograph. Say. That's what you need. Go get an autograph because you love it, especially he's already teasing first apps, you know, cameos. This is this is the future here, man. He's building a universe. That's the plan. That's absolutely the plan. So there's All more right. coming. Yeah, I can't wait. So this is going to be my last question before you go because this is going back to the Kickstarter. You said you had one film Kickstarter, you learned some lessons, and then, you know, the next time it was success. 
what was that lesson that you learned? <sighs> yeah, the lesson was, you know, you can't just let it ride. Uh, like a Kickstarter actually takes work. And I think everybody gets it that I got to put a book together. But it's, it's actually, it's not about the book at that point. When you go to Kickstarter, it's all about promotion. It's about marketing. It's about networking. It's about connecting. Um, and the challenge that you're going to have as a new creator with new characters that is you've got to build up a following of folks who give a damn. Um, and that's just, I mean, that's just a fact of life. We live in a, um, so I'm reading a book. Uh, it's actually called Hook Point. It's over by my bed over here. Um, and it's, it's how to, you know, how to market in a three second world. We are bombarded. You, me, everybody bombarded with billions mm-hmm. of bits of information and you've got three seconds to make yourself stand out. So you've got to find a hook. You've got to find a way, capture some modern zeitgeist, right? What's going on in the world. Uh, one of the things that, um, uh, Vito says was, was dumb luck genius. It was uh, the whole pe- pineapple pizza thing. Um, <laughs> I don't like it on my pizza. I really don't. Me neither. Um, Me neither. Yeah, but I got yeah, it with family. Family came over. <laughs> they ordered, They just brought this pie, assuming I'm gonna, that I like that mix. Like, that, isn't that isn't it great? I'm like, mm-hmm. no, no, it's no, the wrong no, no. texture. It's uh, yes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, and I'm, I'm gonna te- make everybody mad. I'm a texture man myself. So yeah, this is why I can't eat no tuna tartare, for example, or any raw fish. That texture, I tried a tuna tartare. Oh. Listen, it was a business meeting, mind you. Right, oh. my boss, you know, the, the, the client, and this is my first business meeting there. And it was tuna tartar. Oh, yeah, sure, I'll try it. I had no idea what this was. This thing uh-huh. came, I put it in my mouth. My boss saw saw my face. He was about to burst out laughing. He saw my face go, Oh my god, I'm going to die. I can't, you know, I'm waiting for the client to look away. They're like, You like it? I'm like, Man, when that client went to ask my boss son, my boss was the corner of my went poof. Oh man, that was yep. delicious! Like, oh god. Yeah. Oh, I order another plate. Oh yeah, no, no, no. That's why I said, give me a steak, all right? Give me, give yeah, me a steak. No, to let, you. Well done to take this nasty taste <laughs> out of my mouth right now. <laughs> okay. Yeah, bro. No, yeah, yeah. but yeah, I think I think the big the big lesson is is um you, you've got to work as hard or even harder on your Kickstarter promotion than you do your actual book. Um, because if you're not successful in the Kickstarter anyway, creating a book isn't going to do you any good because you're not going to get it funded. So um, you, you really got to put some muscle into it. You can't expect it to just do well because it's this or that. Or I'm the next Liefeld or I'm the next Stan Lee or I'm the next everybody's saying that. Just you got to put up. You keep, it's, you know, everybody talks about actions speak louder than words. It's an axiom because for a reason because you just got to show that you can deliver. You got to show that you've got something unique, different, Whatever it is, um, you know, somebody commented on Spider Scroll sarcastically. It was like, oh, that's not pastiche at all. And I was like, well, I had to Google pastiche. But um, <laughs> but I was like, it, of course it's derivative. I mean, hell, I, I make it, I make no bones about it. You know, I, I love Spider Man. I love Nightwing. I love Invincible. I love Blue Beetle and Booster Gold. I love yes. these things. Everything we do is pastiche. There's no real new thing out there. It's nope. just a different way to tell the same stories, right? So find your difference, right? And that's that's maybe another way to say it. Find your difference, stand out, and then show up. And that's what you got to do. Definitely show up. And put up. Get it done. And And that's the one thing. Because that's a common theme. I see a lot of people have those failed Kickstarters because they're still creating the book while it's being done. So you're putting this extra pressure on yourself. How about complete the product 
and do the Kickstarter where you can have time to promote, to just do the printing. You know, now you're saving yourself some headache, I think. Oh, I mean, this, and, and none of everybody, I get it. None of everybody can do that, you know, because it's expensive. And you, you, we talked about the talent that I've got on my book. My books are yeah. expensive. But um, uh, you can do it that way. Or be just be honest up front and say, hey, the plan is we've got these guys lined up, these gals lined up, these folks are going to do the book. Uh, here's the timeline. And that's another thing you could do is you can, if you put up a timeline and say, hey, I want, I want your $5,000 or whatever your goal is to do these things. And oh, by the way, you know, Kickstarter ends here. We get paid here. You know, the books go to production here. This is the expected timeline for this, for that, for this, for this. And this Transparency. is when you should get the book. Just be Trans- super transparent. Yep. Wonderful. Look at that, folks. Great advice. Successful person here that has done successful Kickstarter. is doing his thing. He's going to kill it at Baltimore. I, you know, I can't let the people, you know, purchase these books all on their hand. Definitely. I want to hear your thoughts when you meet the homie in person. You know, but of course, even before you do that, yo, check out the website, zonstudios.square.site. All right. You can get some books right there. Follow all over the socials. Keep up to date. Know when book two is coming out. All right, sign up, sign up. Get do that pre-launch, brothers and sisters, and and support awesome independent creators like the big homie right here and Charlie. You know, definitely he needs. He got seven kids. He needs the help. <laughs> I, I need money. Help me. Yeah. No, I'm just <laughs> no, man. I'm just joking. You know, but that's awesome. No, I big family. It. I can't wait to get see those kids get involved in the family business in the future. You know, the little spider squirrels all over a whole bigger universe. It's gonna be fun. Love it. Zion Studios. Make mine Zion. Hell yeah. Let's get it done. I'm Al Mega with the amazing Charlie. <clears throat> oh my God. I'm sorry, excuse me. Thank Charlie you. McKelvey. And uh, please, again, follow the site. It's all about Spider Squirrel. Support the crowdfund. My outro tells you what to do. You know what the business is, all right? Hasta la próxima, mi gente. Much love. And tune in next time. Thanks for tuning in now. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Comic Crusaders podcast. If you like the content, please subscribe and turn on notifications. Also, please visit ComicCrusaders.com and our extended podcast family over at UndercoverCapes.com. And also, make sure to download the Comic Crusaders app on the Google Play Store today. 